today's guest is John Paul Crimi. You guys, he does an online virtual breathwork workshop, which can really change your life. I did it a few weeks ago and I was healing traumas. I didn't even know where in my body. So I thought I had to have this guy on the show to talk through what is breath work. How should we be breathing day to day versus doing really orchestrated breath work work? And I thought it was amazing, the conversation that we had. He gets very vulnerable, as do I. Um, he talks about who breath work is for, who it might not be for. But you guys, he's got so many years. For 20 years, he was one of the most sought after celebrity trainers and sober coaches. And then one day he took a breath work class and it just totally transformed his life. So. Um, I hope you enjoy the chat. I got lots of amazing insights from our conversation and you definitely, I can't, I cannot recommend taking one of his breathwork classes more. So be sure to check it out in the show notes. John Paul, I am so honored to have you on the show today. I feel like I'm still flying high from your breathwork class that you did on Sunday that I took. It was an absolute game changer. So I can't wait to tell everybody how incredible this is and really try to inspire them to explore it for themselves. So if you can, just give our audience a little bit of background on how you got to where you are. Sure. How far back do we want to go? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a wild ride. I, you know, I was a trainer in Gold's Gym in Venice Beach. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, right? And, and, then I, and then I moved out to LA and I was a trainer, personal trainer in Gold's Gym, Venice and celebrity trainer. And then I became a sober coach to actors and musicians, right? So going on the road with musicians, going on set with actors, helping them stay sober, helping them get their lives together. And then I discovered breathwork, uh, geez, about a, over a decade now ago. And wow. um, I think we should get clear with your listeners that, you know, breathwork is an umbrella term. So it's like saying fitness. I do fitness. You're like, what do you do? Do you do soul cycle? Do you do yoga? Like, what's your fitness? So because there's so many different types of breathwork and styles. And now there's like all these brands of breathwork that are using the same technique, but the, it's a brand. So it's very confusing for people. So I know all the different, you know, techniques of breathwork and the brands. The technique that I use the most in my classes is uh, circular breathing, conscious connected breathing. It's a very specific, unique type of technique that you breathe through the mouth. And oh my God, you breathe through the mouth. Like, oh, I read James Nestor's book, Breathe, and it says always breathe through the nose. And what people miss in that book is that he actually found breath work through a conscious connected breathing class, through this type of breathing because it has such a big impact. So a little bit of mouth, yes, you should be breathing through the nose 99% of the time. I tell my students, I tell my people, breathe through the nose, it's the best way to breathe. Mouth tape at night and breathe through the nose, you know, that's a game changer. It was a game changer for my wife. But for this class, for this one thing I do, a little bit of mouth breathing is totally worth it for the, for the huge, massive results that it yields. And the results are immediate and they're undeniable. And it's, it's the results are like clearing out the most common statement is holy shit. That felt like 20 years of therapy without having to say a word. So it clears out stress. It clears out trauma. It's amazing for grief. It's amazing for anxiety. It's amazing for all these different things, health issues. And so it's this really intense thing. People think it's going to be this relaxing meditation class and they think they're going to walk in there and I'm going to be that guy. That's like, hello, everybody. Mercury's in retrograde. And I'm like, I'm like, sit the fuck down. Like, let's go. Yeah. I'm not that guy. It's more of an intense workout type of thing. But then there is a big emotional component to it, as you experienced. And we can talk about that, too. 
So it's this wild ride. It's this incredible thing. And here we are with me a decade later. I'm still passionate about it. I still love it. I haven't found anything better or I would be doing that. If I found something better over the last 10 years, I would be doing that. There's nothing I found that's, that, that just gives a bigger bang for your buck, right? And so everybody's looking up for something out there and you hear all the time like, oh, it's massive, it's transformational, it's this. And, and then you go and you're like, nah, that was okay, right? And this is like, this actually does it. In an hour, I can deliver something for you in an hour that feels like a lifetime of therapy, that shifts your entire perception, that shifts your whole world and causes you to go, okay, um, I know what I need to do with this relationship. Okay, I know what I need to do with my career. Okay, I know that I've now, like cause so many people, and you might experience this yourself, thought like, I've done all the work. I've done all the therapy. I've done all the 12 step. I've done all the things. And then they come and they breathe and all this stuff comes up and they go, holy shit, what was that about? Because the issues are in our tissues. It's been in there for years. You know, trauma is passed on to us through our DNA. As I like to say, you thought you were screwed up because of your parents and you were right, but it's their parents' fault and their parents' fault. And so if trauma can be passed on through the DNA, healing can be passed on. So now that we know that, it's important for us to do the work so we don't pass it on. I love all of that. And you guys, I can 1 million percent vouch for what he's saying. I think I was kind of, I didn't really know what to expect. I'd heard of John Paul um, on another podcast that I love, Decoding Success with Matt Labrie. And and I thought, okay, I've got after that, that was an amazing podcast. And I thought, I've, I've heard everything. I'm going to sign up for this class. And it's super economical. It's like $30 for like a one hour virtual. 19, 19, your 19. first time. Yeah, I give you 10 bucks off your first time. Everybody likes a deal. Oh, okay. Well, it <laughs> Did was. Did you not get the deal? I don't think so, but that's fun. okay. Um, I'm going to make lots of referrals. I'm gonna, it's going to be mandatory for my clients now. For my one-on-one -on -one clients, it's absolutely going to be. It's funny that be... you say that because so many coaches and therapists send their clients to my yes. classes and they come up to me and they go, my therapist said I have to come in. I'm like, just go lay down. Great <laughs> on your therapist. Like, no. Like the whole room is filled up with, you know, therapy clients because right. it works really well in conjunction with therapy or with coaching, right? Uh, because you can help them process it after the fact, like all this stuff comes up and comes out. And now they're like, okay, I know why I am this way. Like, let's talk about it. You know? Yeah. No, every family member, every friend is going to be getting uh, a session for the birthday. So just spoiler alert, everybody, that's what you're getting. Um, because I just don't feel like there's any downside. That's how I always kind of look through things is like, is there any downside? Is there going to be any harm? What's the harm in trying? And with this, there's just zero guys. And and I want to ask you too, John Paul, about this whole psychedelics boom. Mm. And, you know, it's really interesting. People who are, I'm sober curious, not, I, you know, totally sober. I'll have a drink maybe once a month or something. And then I always immediately regret it. But I'm like, okay, maybe I could get through some of this childhood trauma that I know is still in my tissues, maybe microdosing or maybe this, but I am a huge wuss. It, everything freaks me out. I haven't smoked weed in like 22 years. Like I just don't fuck with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I thought, and you said on that other podcast, you know what, this can have similar, maybe similar experiences. Everybody's different, right? So you can't make a blanket statement that this is going to be the same as, you know, going on a trip or something. But for me, like, I don't really feel like I need to explore psychedelics as much as I was being pushed towards them prior to this. Yeah, that's a, this is a great topic. So I have a lot of experience with psychedelics from when I was young or when I did drugs, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm a recovery, I'm in recovery. I'm coming up on 23 years. March 5th will be 23 years of recovery. 
Um, and I did a lot of mushrooms and acid and psychedelics when I was younger. And some of it was good and some of it was really, really bad. And we're not going to go into that because that would take us down a rabbit hole. And now the big thing is psychedelics. People are talking about ayahuasca and ibogaine and combo and all these different things. And a lot of these um, ayahuasca retreats that people go to, they do breath work on. So they'll say like, oh, if the ayahuasca doesn't work, the breath work will get you. And what happens for me is people will come to me from those things because they're like, they expected the ayahuasca to give them this result. But what they got was like, they were so blown away by what the breath work did for them. They didn't yeah. expect that, right? And so I get a lot of people in my teacher trainings, I teach people how to teach this, that came from the ayahuasca retreats. I get a lot of people in my classes that come from the ayahuasca. And I don't have an issue with it other than you're putting the power in something else rather than yourself. With breath, the power comes from me, right? The other thing is I can't do ayahuasca on a Tuesday afternoon if I'm having a bad day and I just had a fight with my wife or I just had, you know, something traumatic just happened or what, whatever it is that's going down in my life, I can't just take some ayahuasca. I can, however, lay down on my floor and breathe for anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, clear that out. And then what usually happens is I go to my wife, I'm like, I'm sorry for what I said before breath work. You know, like it's like, because it gets me to what's really important. It gets me to the root of what really matters. And the fight was so stupid, so pointless, didn't really matter. So I can use it on a Tuesday afternoon. I can use it whenever I need it. It's right here inside of me. It's accessible whenever I want. And I can still go pick up my kids from school. So I think, I think the challenge is with these other things is like, you know, you're going to have to go take a weekend or you're going to have to go in the jungle and puke into a bucket all day. I'm like, that's not, that's not something I want to do. I don't have any time for that. Like, this is a realistic tool that I can use in my life whenever I want, whenever I need it. And right. the power is within me. The power is coming from me. And it's accessible to everybody. You know, yeah. not everybody has the financial means to go on a $7,000 mushroom retreat. Like they just don't or they don't have the time where they have small children. And what I loved about being in your workshop was that you said, you know, hey, you can always stop, you know, take a moment. Like if, if it's getting if you're getting really dizzy or you're getting a little freaked out, you can just stop. And for somebody who's a control freak, the idea of being on a six hour trip or something that I then cannot pull myself out of. If you go into that hell realm, as they say, like that, you know, it makes me feel like uh, it's almost manifest destiny if I go in scared. Whereas here, I didn't feel scared going in. That's so great that you point that out. You know, that's exactly what happens. Whatever, the mind is very powerful. And if you feel like you're going to have a bad trip, you're going to have a bad trip. And I am the first breathwork teacher that I know of to really empower people to go like, hey, look, if you're if it's too much at any point, stop what you're doing. Close your mouth, breathe through your nose. I give them I give you this technique to slow it down or to stop it. And yeah. the reason I came up with that was because we're doing it online, right? Like, so I'm not there with you. It, when I was there in the room, I'd be like, I would go over to people and like, stop, take, you know, stop breathing through the mouth, breathe through the nose, calm down. I would do that. And then I started doing that online. And I, and I was one of the first people to do this online. And, um, and I wanted to empower people to take care of themselves, whatever they need. And that, now I do that in my in-person classes too, because I figure there's two things that can happen when people come in. They either go all out, like full out their first time and they have this huge thing or they get freaked out and they get scared, which is normal because you don't realize like, wait, I've been breathing my whole life and now I'm breathing in this other way. And all this weird stuff is happening in my body. My arms are tingling. I'm getting cold. I'm getting sweaty, whatever. All this weird stuff. And it freaks people out. 
there are zero reported incidences of anything bad happening during breathwork. I've never had anything bad other than people freak themselves out, but it's scary for people, right? Nobody's scared of going to the gym, yet the statistics of people getting hurt in the gym are off the charts. And I worked in the gym for 20 years. I saw people get hurt every day, but nobody's scared of it because it's familiar. It's known. Breathwork is unknown. So our brain freaks us out. Our brain scares us to protect us. But what I do is I empower people and I, and I do that in my in-person classes now and my on. And so maybe you need to do it a few times before you can really let go fully before you, you know, you can totally go for it. And just like each time you build up a little bit more or you go all out your first time, either way is fine. I, you know, I encourage people to do what, what works best for them. This is your journey. And some people aren't ready. I wasn't ready. I did it in my twenties. Someone reminded me, I hadn't even remember it. They said, you, I can't believe you're teaching breathwork. We did this in our 20s in this uh, acting class and you hated it. And I was like, I don't even remember that. So I wasn't ready. You know, some people aren't ready and you have to be, you were talking about, you know, inviting your family and friends. It's like manage your expectations. You can't want it for people more than they want it for themselves. Right. Right. Maybe so, that's a control freak in me. Right. When you, but I think it's like when you get excited about anything, when you try it and it works for you, you want to spread it. But I know it's not you know, they do have to be ready for it. But what I thought was so cool was I was expecting it to be like, you know, sound bath type of breath work. And it's not. Um, no. But I was pleasantly surprised. It was very upbeat. You're very motiv motivating. And I was one of those people, I think, that just kind of went all in. And I don't know about you, but ever since this year, I feel like my emotions are just like right on the surface, which I think is a good thing. And so within, I think we were through maybe the first song, and I had a weighted eye mask on and it was drenched. I mean, I was just like crying, crying. And then I was thinking to myself, am I supposed to stop breathing or breathe through the crying? And every once in a while I had to just stop. But the experience I had, which was unique and and I personally for myself don't think talk therapy works. I believe in vib vibratory spaces and I don't want to grudge all of that back up and talk about it every week. But this was so I thought this could be a great alternative to talk therapy. and. I didn't have the, it's not this, you know, sad story of like the childhood, but like my parents were divorced. And at one point cops were called on each other in front of us. And, you know, it just wasn't, there were a lot of things that like were, were pretty traumatic, right? I was left alone a lot as a little kid, felt very scared. One time, like hiding in my bathroom, claw, uh, towel closet, because the neighbor was a drunk who would always come over every day and beat on our doors trying to get in. And my mom was at work, you know, some like eight years old, kind of alone. And these are these memories, right, that have always kind of been there. And I've always never really felt totally safe, John Paul. Like, and my husband's always like, just chill out. Like, there's no threat, right? But I think just that childhood of kind of always feeling unstable had always been there. And so two or three songs in, I just visualize myself as this little eight-year-old hiding in this cabinet. And me, myself now, big, strong adult, just goes and gets her. A couple of different instances, I picked her up and I carried her. In mm -hmm. high school, I had sexual assault and my now, you know, body went and took her away from that party and got yeah. her out of there. And I'll tell you, like, I get, I get emotional thinking about it. I'd never, nobody had ever said to visualize that. Nobody had ever, you know, um, brought me through that. But it just, it just came to the surface naturally. And it's been totally different ever since. And it's not that I feel 100% safe now. But it just feels like that kid doesn't have to live in me anymore because she's been the situation has been changed. It's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That is my experience with breathwork 
It's my, a lot of my, you know, I've worked with thousands of people. That's their experience. You like, there are things that came up for me during my personal breath work in the beginning that like, what's going on with my arm? And then it was like, oh yeah, you, I broke my arm when I was eight, like eight, eight, there we go. Like I had wow. forgotten about it and there was some traumatic stuff around it. And it's all this, you're going back in and you're dealing with the unprocessed traumas. Like that's traumatic to be hiding in the closet. That's as an eight-year-old to be that scared, to be hiding in the closet, that's trauma that's in your tissues that you're processing through this breath work. And that's what exactly what you're doing in this thing is you're going back in and you're rescuing that child. There's actually one type of therapy that does this that I, that I do like. It's called psychodrama therapy, where you go in and you pull the people play mm. the parts of your family and you give them the lines and, it's, and you go in and you pull yourself out, physically pull, pull the person playing you out. Wow. It's, it's wild. I did I it and that. it was one of the most incredible things I ever did. But this breath work, you can do that same thing right there on the floor. And that's right. what you did. And that's what I did is I went in and I, oh yeah, when I was eight, this happened to my arm. And then this thing happened and I was stabbed and I was left for dead when I was 19. And like all these crazy, I have tons of it. I was jumped by five guys and beaten and put in the hospital and all these different physical traumas, but they don't have to be that extreme. They can be some, and I, I kind of heard you a little bit downplaying your trauma. Like, well, it wasn't that bad. And it's like, whoa, what's going on there? Why are you downplaying it? Because whatever it was, was real for you at that right. time. And that's what we do. We go, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just the cops were called and this, you know, the neighbor, the thing, you know, but it was a big deal for that eight-year-old Elizabeth, right? It was traumatic. So, so just like not, you know, sort of um, dismissing it is really important. Yeah, thank right? you for that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, because I have a seven and 10-year-old, you know, daughters. And so after that, and, and my seven-year-old is like a doppelganger for what I look like at that age. And so after that, I just hugged her and I just, you know, I just pretended it was me at that age too. Like, mm -hmm. I've got you now. You don't have to carry this anymore. And so I think the idea that you could do this, I think all in, it was an hour and a half. On a Sunday, I put my kids in front of the TV and I said, I'm going up, you know, and I locked my bedroom door and it was this wonderful experience. And it definitely like had residuals throughout the day. Like I didn't drive a car. He always says, don't go driving around or anything after right. that. But I took it really easy and I just felt like being really gentle with myself instead of going beast mode in the gym for an hour, which is what I would usually do. It was okay to just sit and be within myself and I can't wait to do it again. You know, like I, I didn't do the replay because I didn't think I was ready yet. I'll do it again. But I feel like this could be something that is really going to be cumulative with some consistency. So how often do you recommend people have an experience like this? Like it's a great with a question. Work? Let me back up to something earlier that you said. Mm -hmm. You said you were feeling like emotional and it was like, you know, right on the, right on the outside. That's what I've been, I've had that my entire life. Like that's how I've walked around my entire life. And that's part of the reason why I drank and used drugs because I'm so sensitive, I'm so emotional. And your greatest wound can become your greatest gift because as you saw in that class, I allow that emotion to come through. And what yeah. comes from the heart goes to the heart. So like when I get emotional, it gives you permission to get emotional. Totally. So that's kind of my gift as a breathwork teacher. If I have any gift at all, it's that I allow that vulnerability to come through. And yes. See, now look at you. You're saying if I have any gift at all. See, you do it too. This is the thing. We do. We, we immediately. Do. We miss, right? Well, you know what? Part of it is too, is I don't want to sound like an egomaniac. Like I don't want to sound like a guru egomaniac because I'm not that guy. The breath work is the thing that does it. I'm just a great guide. Like everything I've done in my life has led me to this moment to be great at this thing. And it all makes sense now. 
when I turned around and looked back and I never knew, I didn't even know this existed. So you don't know what's on the other side for you. And so um, to answer your question, so your question was, how often should we go there? Yeah. I think, you know, once a week is a great practice. I did it every day in the beginning because I needed it. I had a lot of trauma. I had an extra amount of trauma. Like I, I talked about it already. And so I did it every day for a year and it changed me. I think that's a lot now looking back, studying other people, watching other people for the last decade, once a week, a big session. And there are other great breathwork techniques that you can do in the meantime. There's this great one that Andrew um, Uberman has been talking about lately on his podcast and it's called cyclical breathing, right? And I can show your listeners right here, right now. And, um, and Andrew Uberman is like, I'd like to give him credit because he's out there talking about this. He's out there sharing this and he's amazing. So it's a breath in through the nose, a long inhale through the nose, and I'll do it in a second, but I want to describe it first in through the nose. And then you do a second inhale through the nose when you feel like you can't get any more in. And that opens up the AVL sacs. And then you do a long, slow exhale, right? Mm-hmm. And you can do this a bunch of times, like in, if you did it five minutes a day, it's a game changer. The science that I think he studied in his lab, that it actually has a bigger effect on clearing stress, getting rid of your stress than meditation does. Like meditation is great for wow. focus and memory and, you know, but this for actually getting rid of stress is, is, is a better, more effective technique. So it looks and sounds like this, a long inhale through your nose. So it's a long inhale through the nose, a second little quick burst again through the nose, and then a long exhale. And you're and not you pushing the of, exhale, right? Well, you say yeah, don't push or the you exhale. can kind of slowly exhale too. So look. Okay. And what All that right. does, it's similar to another technique I like a lot. Um, which is great with kids. I'm going to give you this because you have two kids. I was as- just going to ask, can we do this with kids? Yeah. So here's a technique I use for kids. And I t- it's in through the nose and out through the mouth. And you want the inhale through the nose to be four or five seconds. And then, okay. you know, don't time it. Don't get rigid, you know. But just like count like me. kind of yeah. in your head. Yeah. No, but I'll give you the technique. And then a long exhale. And it, for kids, you go like this. Smell the chocolate cake. And then blow out 20 candles. Ooh, I love it. Okay. And you can even do this thing, which one of my students gave me, which was amazing, uh, which is you give them a scented candle and then you smell the scented candle. Don't light it. Smell the scented candle and then pretend like you're blowing it out, but you can't get it to blow out. So you smell the candle and then. Yeah. Or maybe with some essential oils, huh? Maybe some lavender or something. It puts you in your parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest. It calms you down. We have a breathing pattern for when we're having a meltdown, right? As children, we have a breathing pattern for when we're feeling anxiety, stress, anger, and it's often really shallow or we're holding our breath. So if we can, if we're feeling one of those emotions, we can actually, if we can change the breathing pattern, we can start to breathe deeper or use some of these techniques that we're talking about, we can actually shift out of the emotion. So I always say, change your, you know, change your breath, change the emotion, change your life. But you have to like learn the techniques and you have to learn to use them in that moment. Yeah. Like oftentimes we kind of feed into it even more. Oh, I'm depressed. Let me put on some depressing music <laughs> and have a glass of wine, which is a depressant. Like, and what? watch like a terrible show. I don't know about yeah. you. I, being so sensitive to like 
I can't listen to sad songs. It's got to be uppers all the time. Um, I can't watch like everybody's watching all of us right now or whatever. Yeah. The last of us or something. The last of us. No way in hell. I mean, if it's I'm watching like 30 Rock and Seinfeld on a loop, like I can't I just can't go to that place because it will stick and it will be something that will stick for a few days or it'll be an image that I then can't get rid of. So I think that this is great. I am a big advocate for meditation. I love doing um, hypnotherapy as well. Sound bath. There's so many great playlists um, on Apple that you can do. I, one thing that I was hoping you would come out with, and maybe this is an after the show conversation, but like Deepak has an app, right? Where like all of his meditations are like, I wish that there was an app or a subscription or something that I could just get this breath work, like from you different types. Cause he has different types guys. I did the let go one and boy, did it work. Um, but there's ones for motivation and clarity and all of this stuff. Is that in the future, John Paul? Yeah, that's in the future. That's in the works. I have a bunch of different ones, but they're in my courses. They're spread out in my courses, right? Okay. So like I have a course, let's talk about this because this is really helpful. I used to do all these different workshops in Los Angeles. I did the affirmations workshop and I did the transformational letter and I did the legacy workshop. And what I did was I decided to put all those together in one course called the five day emotional detox. And what it is, the first day is breath work, right? And then the second day is affirmations and breath work. And then the third day is this thing called the transformational letter. And let me tell you what that is. It was born out of someone that I helped for a long time. I sponsored him for 10 years and he committed suicide and it crushed me. And I was carrying around all this weight, like this guilt, you know, and this grief. And breath work is the best thing I've ever found for grief, but there was still something in there that I wasn't processing. And so what I did was I wrote him a letter and I said everything I needed to say, everything I couldn't say. And then here's the kicker, because people have heard this. Here, here's the part they haven't heard. I wrote a letter back from him to me saying everything wow. I wanted him to say, everything he was never going to be able to say, right? And then I did a breathwork session. So what the two letters do is it brings it all up for you. And then the breathwork processes, processes the whole thing for you. So I do this with my students in my training because I want them to have a big experience. I want them to have a transformational experience. And I've done it. I've done it with him. I've done it around my father who's still alive, but he's never going to own it. He's never right. going to say it. Right. And so if we have to wait for people to say what we need them to say, we're screwed. So this gives you the power to make them say it and then process it and it heals it. And I cannot tell you the amount of people that have come to me from all over the world via email or whatever and said, oh my God, that course, that five-day emotional detox, that letter thing, that's changed my life, right? And then there's another, there's um, the legacy in there. It used to be called the eulogy. What it is is you write out, you know, your whole, who you became at the end of your life. Like if somebody was reading your eulogy, but we call it the legacy, like what you did, who you helped, what did you, what you created? And then I go, like, I have my students read that in the training, right? And then, and then they go, if you're not that person, like, let's get to work. Like, that's who you want to become. Now you know where you want to go. Let's work backwards from there. And it's really powerful. You really find your voice in doing that. And so there's that course that I created. And that has a few guided breathwork tracks in there. But I, th I hear what you're saying. You're saying, I just want to buy a package of, like, all these different breathwork tracks and the reason I haven't done it, like with my classes, I see some people doing it. It has to do with music and copyright and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so gotcha. I have to use other music that is copy, not copywritten, protected, or, or that, is, that you can buy the copyright to. Yeah. And it's not going to be Landslide or, you know, Fire and Rain. It's going to be- I know. Be his somewhere. playlist is pretty great. Um, Thank you. But I think it's, it's your voice that is- 
the magic, right? Like, yes, that adds to it. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't wait on, I wouldn't let that hold you back because I'm the kind of person, like, I just need it on demand. I need to be able to do it whenever. And, and for me, maybe this was bad, but I did it in my bed without a pillow. He says, don't prop your head up. Um, so I was flat on my bed with an eye mask, which you guys, I highly recommend because you're probably going to cry. And it was great. I didn't have to sit up and blow my nose or get tissues. The eye mask absorbed all the tears. But I just felt like, okay, I want to be able now to do this on a Tuesday in between sessions or calls or something like that. And, and the replay had expired. So just, you know, a little thing, like I'm absolutely going to investigate your five-day detox. You know, I did, or um, yeah, emotional detox. I did a similar letter where I wrote letters to my parents and my husband. And it mm -hmm. always started out with, I've been telling myself a story about you. And at the time I was really, you know, I had little kids. And so my story about my husband was that he was lazy. And I said, I've been telling a story about my, you know, you that, that you're lazy. And, and then listed out all the reasons why he wasn't and why that was the story I had been carrying. And I got to give him that. The, parent, the ones I did to my parents, I, didn't, I never gave to them. Um, but it was really about taking ownership of my feelings. And when you do that, you take back control, right, John Paul? So it's like, but I love this idea of then writing the response. Yeah, that's powerful. That's where you, you're, you're, then you discover what it is you're trying to get from that person. Like, oh, I didn't realize this is what I needed. This is what I was trying to get. Like, yes, you can tell them everything you want, but like, what are you, what are you trying to get? You don't even know what you're trying to get from that person until you write the letter. And when, there's something magical that happens when you put pen to paper anyways, because otherwise it just circles around in your head. But when you put the pen to paper, something really powerful happens. And I love what you were talking about. I did something similar with my father because I was really mad at my father for some things. I was having trouble getting past it. What I did was I wrote down everything that was good that he did for me, right? And because I was only looking at what was bad, what I was mad about. And so Tony Robbins is really famous for saying like, if you're gonna blame your parents for everything that's wrong with you, then you have to blame your parents for everything that's right with you. So, so it was really powerful and it shifted it for me. And I was able to go, okay, like he did a lot. He's done a lot for me. And I was able to look at him with compassion for some of the things that some of his character defects or his failings, right? Like, cause we're all human. And it's like, I, I'm not going to be perfect for my kids either. And I, I hope that they can find some compassion for the mistakes that I've made. Right. Um, I think I'm, that's so I'm important. Doing the best I can, you know? Well, and I think this is the important work that we have to do to not only clear out that karmic ancestral stuff that's been brought right through us, but it's also to like be able to be vulnerable and open with our children now and, and be able to model for them. It's not even teach, it's to model for them, you know, that it's okay to have these feelings and it's okay to own certain things. And it's okay to have these open dialogues with us, even at very young ages. You know, I think like this is the real work. And if everybody yeah. wants to just put themselves on a shelf and say, I'll deal with that later, you know, I'm, I'm on the grind right now. I need to make money. I need to do this. I need to distract myself with another trip to Mexico where I'm drunk for four days. Like, that's fine. It's really yeah. not any judgment. But that isn't modeling for our children what a healthy coping mechanism is. Yeah. Well, you know, I teach my students to hold space. And what that means is when you're sitting with someone who's doing a breathwork session, you're just allowing them to have their experience, right? And it, you, it's so funny to watch because people want to do all these things and they want to fix it. And then, you know, it's like just if they're having their experience, that's the thing. They're doing it. You're just holding the space for them a safe container. 
And it's, I had to learn to do that myself with my children. Like, cause as their father who loves them more than anything in the world, I want to fix it. Like there's a problem. You're upset about something. I want to fix it. And what I learned is like, no, no, no. Right now is not the time to fix it. Right now is just the time to sit there and scratch her back and rub my, rub my son's back or scratch her and just hold them and give them affection and keep a safe space for them. And, and once they, I learned that, that the, they're in the lizard brain right now when they're upset or when they're having a meltdown and I just need to comfort them. And then when they come out of that, then we can start to talk about what we need to do. But I'm a guy who wants to fix it. And so all guys do, I feel like that's like no, the it's, male it's in our thing. Nature. Yeah. yeah. Well, you tell us something's wrong. We're hearing, okay, I, so there's a problem that I need to fix. We're not hearing, oh, can you just listen to me? Can you just agree with me and hold me and just tell me I'm right? Right. And so it's communication. It's a language that we've had to learn. Or you, you need to learn if you want to have a good, healthy relationship. If you want to have good relationships, you need to learn the quality of your relationships is in direct proportion to the quality of your communication. And the quality of your communication is in the direct proportion for you to sit there and listen and be uncomfortable. That's what I think. And so I've had to learn to do that. And I also learned that, you know, men communicate directly often. This is, I'm generalizing, of course, yeah. and women communicate indirectly a lot of the time too. So like how that translates in life is you're driving down the road and she goes, uh, do you feel like a Starbucks? And I go, no, I'm good. And I just keep driving. And what, if it was my guy friend, he'd be like, dude, pull over. I need a Starbucks. And I'm like, got it. You know, yeah. but you know, I'm not reading her mind, understanding that she's really telling me she wants a Starbucks. And so learning that language is a game changer if you're, if you're, if you're willing to do it. Yeah. I have. My husband and I started doing, he, he asked me the other day, he goes, are you looking for solutions or compassion? And it was like, you know, what there was an issue. I was talking about, you know, a client that, I don't know about you too, if what's wonderful about being in service, right? And having a business based around being in service is that you get to really be with people at their most vulnerable. But the other flip side of that is too, like if you're an empath or whatever you want to label it, it can be heavy. So there's a lot of times I'll have, you know, back-to-back -back sessions all day and there's not much left for my family because I'm caring, I'm stressed for my clients. I want them to get that job or I want them to make the right call or, so I can't wait to use this at the end of the day too, because in the past it's always been meditation. It's just four to five yeah. every day. That's it. And I'm excited to start experimenting with working this in and seeing if that can be a more active release than just trying to let it melt away. So here's what I would recommend for you, because I know exactly what you're talking about. I yeah. used to do, you know, seven sessions in a row with people. Every session, I'm emotional and crying. Yeah. And then go drive two hours to go do a class, right? And then what do I have left for my family? I'm completely wiped out, you know, and you can burn out really quickly doing that kind of work. So what I would suggest is when you're done with your last client, you know, you do a even just a 12 minute breathwork session. The way I used to trick my brain is three songs, John Paul, you can do anything for three songs. Just lay there and breathe for three songs because that's enough to kind of clear it all out and then go take a shower. And, and if you can finish with a cold shower, that's even better. And it kind of clears the decks. It kind of resets you and clears the decks and will give a good reset. And then you can come back into your family, not carrying it in, which is what I used to do sometimes. It's like, and it got, really heavy for me because people were coming to me with some really traumatic stuff, like this hardest stuff you've ever heard in your life. And then I would be, and then I had little children and I go, oh my God, they're growing up in this world that like these kind of things that happen and oh, and it was too much. And it was just, 
too much for me being so sensitive. And empaths are often created through a traumatic household. I mean, that's what, that, that's coming out now quite a bit. It's like, that's because we have to be aware of our surroundings and what's going on. We have to read the room and read people. And so we get so good at that. And then we're easily sucked in by it. And so yeah. learning how to create really good boundaries with clients is key. It's boundaries are an interesting thing. You know, I literally, before this call, somebody wanted to get me on the phone to come to where they wanted to talk to me before they come to sign up for my training. And I don't get on the phone with potential students. Like everything's on the website. You know, my assistant will talk to you. And that wasn't enough for this person. They were like angry about it. And I must be all about the money because I won't get on the phone. So what they do is they lash out at you when you set a boundary, right? No. And they like, are like, nope, you're not a fit. It's like, listen, if I got on the phone with every potential student, because people will just use that. They'll say, I'm interested in your training just to get on the phone with me, right? If I got on the phone with that, I would never have any time for my kids. I would never have any time for myself. It's all I would be doing is talking to potential students all day long. So I have created a clear boundary around it. And this person just didn't want to hear that. And they didn't want to hear no. And those are the people that those are the reasons you need to have boundaries is for those type of people. because They will keep taking from you and taking from you and how it starts is how it ends. It never ends. So like if you're someone who works as a coach or a healer or a breath worker or whatever you do, you, if you don't have those boundaries or if it's this high, they're going to step right over it. And now you're like, oh my God, now I'm in this situation with a client again. And what they do is in the beginning, they make you their savior. Oh my God, Elizabeth, you're the greatest ever. And then if you set a boundary with them, they turn you into their abuser or they lash out at you and yeah. attack you. You know, that has been a painful learning for but me. But I think that that's good for people who are listening who maybe aren't in our industry too. Like that's how friendships are too. I always say past, past behavior predicts future behavior. So mm -hmm. if that friend is kind of shady or kind of blows you off or abuses your time or you yeah. have that relative who doesn't respect your boundaries or is always kind of like doing little digs, that's what it's going to be. And so yeah. as long as you can let go, maybe you write them a letter. I don't know. But like as long as you can just be OK with that and not hanging on this hope that it's going to change or that you're going to be the one to change them is like so freeing. And yeah. no, I've had clients before where we've been a couple sessions in and I'm like, I have to lovingly release you. Like, I can't do this, you know, because they just don't have boundaries or there isn't that trust. And to your point, you're going to have a bad trip, right? If you're coming in, assuming the worst or bad intent, and then somebody has to override that, it's not going to be a good experience no matter what you do on this side of it, right? Yeah. And they're just not ready yet or you're not the right fit. So I know, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it to your bend one. I'm not. But maybe when you come back to L.A. or maybe when I get some time, I definitely want to take your training. I think you guys, this is incredible work John Paul's doing. And I can I'm doing an in-person class. Sorry, I'm doing an in-person yeah. in L.A. I don't know if you're aware of this. Oh, in, OK. In I'll March, look on the March, March 16th, I think there's like a few spots left. March 16th in Santa Monica. And that's oh. wild because the in-person is cool with the gongs, the vibration of the gongs going through you like the last five minutes of the class and we scream into the gongs and it's a really wild experience to be in a room with 150 people or in Bend, it's 350 people screaming, you know, at the same time. It's kind of a wild ride. So the trainings, you know, this training in April is almost sold out. I think I've got like three or four spots left in that. And then the next one will probably be, I think it's going to be in Denver in July. And so I'm doing the trainings every quarter. And the locations are to be determined, you know, coming up. We're working on those now. So. Okay, cool. 
Well, guys, check it out. Everything's linked in the show notes. John Paul, I want to thank you for your time. And can you, are there any like final thoughts you want to leave people with? And also where else people can really kind of like drop into some of your classes or access some of your content? Yeah. So my main website, I have two websites. One's for the online courses, which is breathworkteachertraining.com. But my main website is Breathe with JP. And people forget the E at the end of breathe, right? Breathewithjp.com. And you can kind of find everything there. You can find the, you know, my online classes there, my in-person classes, my trainings, everything that I do. And um, come check it out. I'm on Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter. I have a Twitter account. I don't really do that. I'm starting to do TikTok. I'm reluctantly doing TikToks. You know, it's just like, I I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I I don't want to dance. I'm 50, you know, like, but this is where, if if this is where people are and I'm on TikTok a lot, like I, I scroll through TikTok. So I, I find some incredible content that it was like, oh, that's a great, that's great content. That's a great tip. You know? So there are, there is some good stuff out there. I will say if I was going to leave you with anything, it's that to, you know, we don't realize how hard we are on ourselves and you know, if we're being hard on ourselves, we're being hard on other people. And so if we can start to have more compassion for ourselves, we can start to have more compassion for other people. And I say this in my class all the time, which kind of goes back to what we were just saying, is that, you know, you know, everybody wants somebody to show up and love them for who they are, the way they are, but we don't love ourselves for who we are, the way that we are. And that, like, once we start doing this work, once we start taking care of ourselves, you know, we don't put up with shit from other people. The right. only reason you're letting someone mistreat you or treat you poorly is because on some level, usually unconsciously, you feel like you deserve it. Deserve it. Yeah. And once you do this work, you're like, no, no, I don't deserve it. I deserve better. And you don't let people mistreat you or treat you poorly. And that comes in with the boundaries, right? So like you can have shitty boundaries, you can have yeah. bad boundaries and you start doing this work for yourself and you start setting boundaries with people and people don't like it. And then it's all right. You know, you're going to level up the people around you in your life. That's all that's going to happen. A million percent. You guys, everything he's saying is gold. I love that you took the time to listen to this today. I think it's always a sign. I think there's, it's not an accident that you choose to listen to certain episodes with certain people at certain times. I always say, what's the downside? What's the harm? There's no harm in exploring this. So click the links below, check out JP. JP, thank you so much for coming on the show today so quickly. I really, really got so much out of this talk and really appreciate and value the work you're doing. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it so much. It's been amazing.